morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, May 22nd, 2002, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book. We are on page 157, and we are reading two paragraphs, starting with the two friends spoke and ending with I'd be boiled as an owl. Today's readers are, the steps are going to be read to us by Susan H., the traditions by Betty W., the readers of the text will be Lauren N. and Katie T., and the uh, the um, newcomer greeter will be Mary Beth S., and our host for the second hour will be Lisa C.H. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was Thursday, May 21st, are these. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 14,666. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time 14,667. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And this is our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Susan H. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio and grateful to be here. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Somebody's unmuted. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much. That was, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if, you, if you've ever led before, you know, you have all these papers. That was Betty W. for us. Thank you so much. Okay, and so um, at this point, um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what... Penny, this is Betty W. I haven't read the traditions yet. Oh, my gosh. See that? Okay, Betty, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Um, This is Betty W. from Central New York, a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attractions rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Betty. I appreciate your your patience with me. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you would press star 1 to unmute yourself. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 157, the seventh paragraph that begins with the two friends spoke and ending with the uh, sentence, I'd be boiled as an owl. And Lauren N. is going to start us off this morning. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Penny. I hope you can hear me okay. This is yes. Lauren N. Thank you. Lauren N., Compulsible Burrito Sugar Addicts from New York. The two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried they carried out. He interrupted, I used to be a, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop, but by 9 a.m. I'd be boiled as an owl. Thank you, Penny. Thank you all for the service that you provide every single morning. Um, I'm able to be here and remember and hear all that I need to hear to remember to be not boiled as an owl because usually by, I'd wake up at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning and go on about my day and, you know, think, okay, well, I'll be, I'll be clean today and I'll eat, stay on my diet or I'll do whatever I need to do to be clean and sober. And by 10 o'clock, I would be eating something with lots of sugar in it. And by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be overindulging. And by nighttime at 10 o'clock or maybe, maybe, maybe as early as 7 o'clock, I'd be having multiple desserts. Um, didn't matter how many times I'd done it and how many times I would swear it off in the morning, I would still overdo it every single night. And it was like, really? I was a sick puppy. Thank God today I no longer have to live like life in that in that circle, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I now have the sanity that I have learned to live in with the help of this program and the help of this little blue book that has taught me how to live each life, each minute of each day as if it's the last. But not indulge and not overdo anything. I used to have diabetes. 
I was I'm five one and I was 287 pounds going in for my second bariatric surgery, and did not realize that I had a problem with food, or sorry that I had a problem with life, not food, that I didn't know how to live life properly. I thought I had that all together. But at 51 years old, going in for my second bariatric surgery, I didn't know that I was killing myself with, and that food was my solution to my problem, not the problem. At 61 years old today, I eat the same thing almost every day, and I don't care. I don't care. I eat what I eat to to make sure that my body has enough calories to make it through the day. I am paying for some of the stress in my body that I had for by carrying an extra 140 pounds for 50 years and just to had, had to have back surgery to relieve some of the pressure on my on my um, on my nerves. Wow. But today I have hope and know that I am going to live life every minute of every single day like it is the last, but not going to sugar for that. But not doing anything other than living life and holding on and knowing that God has a better plan for me today. Okay, Lauren, that's time. And thank you. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Okay, um, we're going to open the floor in just a a few seconds. But before we do that for more shares, um, let me just uh, uh, reiterate that in order to let everyone share, uh, we ask that you limit the frequency of your sharing to every three days. So that means... If you spoke on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we're asking you to hold back and allow other people to um, to speak this morning. All right. With that, who would like to share? Angie. Reva P. Okay. I have Holland and Reva. Who was before Holland? I had someone who was first. It was Susan H. It was me. <laughs> Charles no, H. Susan H. And who was that just now, H? Charles H. Oh, Charles. How did I not un- recognize that beautiful Aunt voice? M. Who was after Charles? Ann M. Ann. Okay. M. All right. So um, I have Susan H., Holland G., Reva P, Charles H, and Ann N. Could take one more in this group. Debbie H. Betty? I think it was Betty. She'll tell me when we get to her. Okay. So let's start off with Susan H, and she'll be followed by Holland. Good morning again, Susan. 
Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, what I see in these paragraphs is without, without the chip of a book that shows me and reminds me every time, it's also on page 58, the formula for qualifying. They talked about what they used to be like, and now they're talking about what happened. And, uh, yeah, I'm so glad that they (laughs) figured it out so I don't have to. Um, And I'm so glad that I have the tip of a book to guide me. But I need to bring myself into every time I try to shine a light on the book. Because my experience, as their experience, is so valuable. The misery that I cause myself and others, I need to share it so that, uh, so that they can identify with what this disease does. Um, I think that's all I had to speak about, so I guess I will pass there. Thanks. Thanks so much, Susan H. And next we have Holland. Good morning, Holland G. Good morning, Penny C. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for to Team Friday for making this meeting possible, this magnificent meeting possible. I have been screamed at, yelled at. And I have been excoriated from the time I was three and four years old for being fat. What was the difference? You think Bill and Bob were the first people to tell Bill Dotson that he shouldn't be drinking? Absolutely not. But these were the first two people in the history of his life, Bill Dotson's life, that understood his drinking from the standpoint of first person. They were alcoholics, and he could identify with them. And that's why he says, that's me, that's me, I drink like that. And that got his attention, and that got my attention too. But on page 157, when it says the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience, step two, and told him about the course of action they carried out, 3 through 12, That got his attention because for the very first time in his life, somebody gave him a solution to not drinking. Somebody gave him something he could do that would reduce his desire to drink. You see, people would say to me, don't eat so much, you'll feel better. They were right. I feel anger better. I feel fear better. I feel like killing myself better. I feel crushes on girls better. I feel like killing you better. I feel lots of things much, much better. And as a relief to that intenable pain of not eating, I would seek out food as a solution to my problem. You see, as was said before, food was never the problem. Food was the solution to the problem. And I would, make res- I would make all these vows. I would do all these things and say, I'm not going to eat X today. And by 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, I'd be eating X. There is a difference between the obediences of religion and the spiritual steps that we take. 
When we say the spiritual principles, the principles are the steps. And when we take these steps, the desire to eat is simply not there because my buildup of emotions has been reduced below the level of toxicity. My ego and my level of emotions have reduced. So they were laying out for Bill Dotson something he could do instead of drinking. And when he discovered these things, and when he followed in their footsteps, he never drank again until the day he died, 1954. He was dry as a bone instead of being boiled as an owl. And it was a miracle. And he became Alcoholics number three, a rampart of service and a person who was a stellar member of the fledgling group known as the Oxford group then, and then the drunk squad of the Oxford group, and then Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Holland. Reva P., and you're going to be followed by Charles H. Reva? Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. So this is showing me like this awesome teaching method because they didn't tell um, alcoholic number three about their spiritual experience right away. The first thing they did was describe the problem and create this, you know, um, crisis that they were doomed. Um, So I need to understand the problem first. I need to understand that of my own will, I cannot, I cannot keep the food down. I can't control it, and I can't manage my life. Um, so I need to identify in with that first, and only when I fully concede to my innermost self that I am doomed. And it's with the food, but I love how they describe, you know, the both. It's the acute poisoning, the allergy of the body, but the mental state preceding the first drink. I need to understand that I have, if I'm a real compulsive overeater, abstinence only will be no solution. And I will be miserable, restless, and discontent. And then, Next, when he fully conceded and he said, yes, that's me, then they outlined the spiritual um, solution and course of action means taking action. So I need to understand, you know, originally it was with the food. I can't fix it. My self-will does not work. It's like page 60. Um, I can't do this. I need a power. I have to take the actions to access power. Um, And, you know, it's the same thing with all my character defects. I can't will myself out of fear. I can't will myself out of resentment. The process of the steps, the spiritual experience, means the whole point is to access, connect with power that can do for me what I can't do for myself. I hear it over and over again, but I find... The longer I'm in this process, the deeper I realize I need help. I need help, um, and that's the point of the steps. Do the work, 
and access the power because I'm not meant to fix the food, to fix anything. I'm not meant to fix anything. I do the work and God comes and does for me what I can't do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And now, here's Charles H. Thank you very much. Penny, can you hear me? I hate asking that question, but... <laughs> well, you did. Two earbuds, earbuds <laughs> yes. later. I can hear you. Three, $320 <laughs> in earbuds later, I have to ask that. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> All right, so... um. Thank you. My name is Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I was thinking about uh, a vision for you, Chapter 11, the last chapter that was written before the big book went to the presses, um, as, uh, as like the last dance. A vision for you is like the last dance. Maybe it's like the last drink. Maybe it's a documentary of, of how this program got started, right? And, you know, I want to drill down where it says, he, you know, after Bill W. and Dr. Bob was carrying telling um bill d about the course of action the spiritual experience what happened to them and the course of action that they carried out he interrupted and said i used to be strong for the church but that won't fix it i want to drill down on that um that won't fix it right but but i want to also say that the church directory played a strong and intricate part of this program being put together. Imagine that church directory not being there when Bill W. was on thin ice. Imagine that. Um, so the church directory was played a key part in us being on this phone call this morning. You know, he also said, I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I would never touch another drop, but he was boiling an hour, an hour. But, you know, um, you know, I've heard a lot, a lot of shares on the line in the previous uh, meetings that said, you know, put, hook me up to a lie detector test. You know, and, and I still got boiled as an owl, and I could sure identify with that. So um, you, whether you're strong or weak for the church, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Are you, are you as desperate as Michael Jordan in the, in, in the last dance? Now, I love his skills. But he was a jerk. <laughs> he was a jerk. You know, he was a jerk. He he ruled with he, he could have surely used this big book in his life. He was driven though, he was focused as a as a player, in my humble opinion. Um I think I need some Michael Jordan tenaciousness and grit to 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 get this program. You know, I could I could pray right, on hangover mornings, but if, without action, I was just begging, just like Bill D. But when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, let me tell you, yesterday was one of those days from hell where everything was going wrong, and guess what? I did, a, I did an inventory. I did some 10 steps, and I, I acknowledged my faults. What does it say on page 164? We read it every single day. And I got closer to God through that. I ain't great, but you know what? I'm great off with these instructions in this book. And I don't pray to God without action anymore. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Thanks, Charles. And now I believe we have Ian N, and she'll be followed by Betty, and I believe it's W. So let's go with that. Ian, are you there?
Maybe I'm not pronouncing it right. Was it? I think she said on. Let's give her a few more seconds. Okay, how about Betty W? Hi, sorry, Penny. Hi, sorry, Penny. Oh, go ahead. Is this Ian? Yeah, it is. Oh, hooray. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, brilliant. Sorry, Penny. I thought I was on, on mute. This is Anne M. here from Ireland. Um, yeah, grateful recovery compulsive overeater and great to have the meeting today. Um, I love this part and I wasn't sure if you were going to go into the second paragraph, which is probably two lines as well. Um, yeah, the first part, you know, the two friends spoke of a spiritual experience. And this to me is just real you know, the two friends, obviously full of wisdom, depth and weight in their, you know, in their recovery and the spiritual experience. They're connected to God, a higher power, and they're unblocked and told them about the course of action. And the course of action, obviously, you know, Harlan said there's the steps and, you know, they carried it out. So they had the, they had depth and weight and they had experience, they had the gift um, yeah, and they were sharing their solution. You know, they weren't coming in, you know, with um, yeah, a solution that really had no had no basis. Their basis was was grounded in a higher power. Um, yeah, and then you know the part where it says he interrupted. I used to be a strong for the church, and I think somebody, I think might have been Harlan spoke about. You know, it's the the difference between you know spirituality and religion as well. Um, and you know that he said, but that won't fix it. You know, faith without works is dead. It's 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 a it's a higher power. The relationship built and enriched, you know, in 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 you know connection with a higher power. Um, I love the part I used to pray to God and hang over mornings. It was that nine 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 or that emergency higher power, you know, and and it just shows me the hopelessness of the, our condition, you know, and the desperation and the powerlessness and the destruction that it brings. You know, and, and, and he swore off, I'd never touch another drop. You know, he's just unaware of his powerlessness and us beyond human aid and beyond our own human power or willpower. Um, but by nine o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. Yeah, the insanity, the insanity of that. And just, you know, I'm really grateful. I know that the mental defense must come from a higher power. I am powerless um, over food and my life is unmanageable. I don't have control. Um, and I'm so grateful to have this meeting, so grateful to have, you know, a, a solution today and to have a connection with a higher power. And, uh, yeah, to feel I'm not on my own in this disease, it's so powerful, it really is. So thanks again, and thanks for hearing me, Penny, and thanks for your service. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Anne. I think that her last initial was N. And now Betty, is it Betty W.? Betty? Okay, we'll wait just one uh, little while again. This is Debbie H. Oh, wow. I thought I said Betty. Go ahead, Debbie H. Hi, Debbie H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Kentucky. And, um, oh, I just wanted to share about this because I really um, relate to that uh, place of being in the morning and and being so sure that I would not compulsively overeat that day. 
that, like somebody said, if they did a lie detector, I was not lying. I was sure I was not going to overeat that day because of the pain I was in. And even within program, even with working the steps, I still came to places where I would do that. And at the time, I was working the steps to the best of my ability. And, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the change was, but I do know that um, I can continue to deepen my connection with my higher power and to utilize people in their program who are recovered and to reach out to those people when, um, when I have moments of emotional havoc reaping in my mind or when I have thoughts of food and I decide that I want to talk myself out of something. My addict is so good at talking me into it that I need to talk to another compulsive overeater. Um, that's why I need recovered people speaking truth into me. And I also need to be working with people who are not recovered as a way of service and trying to share this with, with others. So anyhow, so grateful to be abstinent. Thanks so much. Thank you, Debbie H. And let's before I take another group, let me remind everybody that we are on page 157. We read two paragraphs this morning, starting with the two friends spoke, and we ended that a reading with I'd be boiled as an owl. And um, so I'll be taking, oh, before I, I want to also remind people that we're limiting our sharing the frequency of it to every three days. Um, and just to let you know, um, there are 410 people on here along with whoever else is on right now. So uh, we have all those friends. Who would like to share on the second group? Leah S. Leah S. Okay, I have Leah. Gary D. Gary D. Carrie? Gary. Gary. Gary D, okay. Lola N. Lola N. Renee A. Renee A. Okay. Any more? Okay, let's go with those four, and we'll have time for others afterwards. Leah S., Gary D., Lola N., and Renee A., and we're going to get going Again with Leah S. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. But that won't fix it. And then it goes on. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings. Um, uh, when, when I was introduced to this program, and I was told that's a spiritual program. I said, don't tell me about God. I know exactly what, a, what I have to know about God. And um, I used to get up and I used to say, okay, dear God, today, let me not eat. Let me just not eat and not even want to eat. Thank you, God. And it didn't happen. And then the next morning I would get up and I would say, okay, you know, today I really need like just $50 extra, $50 extra, and I know you can provide that, God, and that didn't happen. And um, 
I didn't understand what I didn't understand. This is not a bargaining chip thing. This is really not something that you go out and you say, dear God, you know, this is what needs to be done. The pandemic has to stop right now and do that. You know, when it's all originally coming from him and when we've got to make do with the situation that we are in and understand that we're not running the show on page 60 and 61. It just just keeps on being so true to me all the time. I keep referring to it. I am not in the show. I'm not running the show. I'm not telling you to behave. I'm not telling you not to behave. I'm not telling you to hire me or not to hire me. All I need to do is ask God to keep me safe. That's all that I want, and to love him unconditionally, because that's what we're in, and this is where I'm at, and I've I've accepted it, and um, I don't know what's going to be, but um, I have trust and I have faith, because I no longer say, do this or do that for me. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Layer S. And now, Gary D., it's your turn. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm a recovering compulsive eater in Miami, Florida, and uh, my name is Gary. Um, am I being heard? Yes. Thank you. Um, I just want to say how much I relate to Bill, Bill Dotson in this, that, that, um, that when he says that, you know, that, that won't work for me, that, um, that the, the God idea, uh, as it's called in the book, uh, won't work for me. Um, I was never strong in the church. I was never strong in any. I, I never had any real beliefs that were strong in me. Uh, but my family and I didn't participate in religion really. Um, but I had been just like he was saying about the, the about the hangover morning prayers. I had been praying to God, not believing in Him, but praying like. Um, but it wasn't really a prayer. It was like it was like oh, God do something already and kill me and cure me. But this has got to stop. And that was the depth of my prayer. But there was a long period of time where I was, because I did not believe, I was sending money to these famous TV evangelists. He later went to jail. She was famous for crying. Um, but I was sending them money regularly um, because they believed. I, I didn't believe in them. I, I knew they were hucksters or, or believed they were hucksters. But I sent the money anyhow just on the desperate hope, well, maybe they could do it. Um so I, you know, so when I was presented with the spirituality of this, I said the same thing. Like this won't work for me. I've, I've tried God, and um, it, it, what happens? It, it says elsewhere in the book, never had I thought to ask what God might want from me. Never had I really thought about asking to serve God, um, which is a very different thing from them just treating him like a, a Santa Claus. It turns out that there's no abstinence fairy who just you know like beats me abstinent. Um, uh, the, my relationship with God has to be right. It has to, it has to have the right perspective. And I got that pr- from working and learning the third step about, about turning my life over. And uh, that he's the director and I'm the actor and he's the father and I'm the child. Like, uh, and that makes all, all the difference. And whatever recovery I have today, uh, I have the recovery I have today is because of, of having that relationship and some perspective and doing what I can to seek and serve God. Yeah, thank you for letting me ramble on. Uh, I'm glad I passed. Thank you for your share, Gary D. And now Lola N. And she's going to fo- be followed by Renee A. 
Good morning, Lola. Good morning. So great to be here. Thank you for your service. My name is Lola N. I'm a compulsive eater, uh, recovered for today. And I love these couple of paragraphs. And one of the things that really spoke me, struck me, is when it says the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. And I really relate to it because as the next paragraph said, I had tried so many times, you know, I don't know, thousands, um, you know, couldn't count them. You know, I'd say I would stop and I didn't again and again and again. And I, although I had um, grown up in the church as a child, I had really run away from it totally. And the spiritual piece was tough. And in working with my sponsor, it was so wonderful because it was clear that it was a spiritual experience. Uh, she's someone who doesn't go to a church. And what was so clear was she spoke about the course of action, working the steps. And then she laid out a course of action for me, very specific, going through the big book, looking at, at things, doing the steps, um, and that was what was so powerful and helped me connect with the higher power of my own understanding. And, you know, the course of action, you know, the one, um, you know, we were powerless, I can't, to God can. She helped me connect with a God of my understanding. And it's great that you can be an atheist, you can be agnostic, you can be highly religious. Anybody um, can come into this program, but I tried just so desperately for decades um, to stop eating. And it was when I took this course of action with someone who got it. You know, I could talk with her, yes, I, you know, you know what you're talking about. Um, you know, that that really did it. And that was what I also needed because working this course of action, doing these steps in the big book, you know, continuing them now, it, it's hard. You know, it's not something Lola, that that's I time. Wrap up, okay? Uh, sure. Um, that's something I wouldn't have done without God, the gift of desperation. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lola. And Renee A., you're up. Good morning, Penny. Thanks for your service. This is Renee A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I, you know, too, the, the same thing that Lola talked about. As I read this, um, I noticed that that part right there where it says they, they talked to him about their spiritual experience, but they also told him about the course of action. And, you know, that's the thing. In all my attempts to get abstinent, that was missing. Um, there was no course of action. So yeah, I've you know I have prayed like crazy on hangover mornings and on other mornings too. Um, you know, God, please, I don't want to eat today. But you know what? Yeah, by nine, ten o'clock in the morning, I was binging um, because um, you know what? I think I think really what I wanted. I don't really know what I I wanted to be zapped abstinent without having to do anything I wanted the consequences of my behavior to be removed but I still wanted to go on and be the god of my own life um, you know yeah all those 
those messed up things that we want, you know. And so, sure, I never got clean and sober or abstinent from the food until um, I was introduced to the course of action. And then I think about, you know, him talking about strong for the church, and I remember that my last relapse began at probably one of the the most quote-unquote spiritually fit times of my life. I, I was working with a spiritual mentor. Um, I, you know, I was, um, you know, really involved in the things of God. And um, it, it didn't matter. In fact, I think that that may have actually contributed because my ego wasn't in check because I wasn't taking the treatment for this disease. And so, um, you know, today I love my church. In fact, it was the, you know, a group, a, a close, a group of close friends of mine in the church that prayed with me to surrender so that I could get back in the program. I love church, but it does not have the, um, it doesn't have the treatment for my compulsive overeating. I have to work these steps. I have to be in meetings. I have to be in these rooms. And I have to be uh, doing it the way it's laid out in this book. And if I'm not doing that, it doesn't matter how much I'm going to church or how much I'm praying. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be abstinent. I have to have the treatment as laid out in in this first 164 pages. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Renee. Okay, I'm ready to take another group. Who else would like to share? I believe we have time. Oh, for at least three more people. Pete B. Meredith G. Pete B. Jen A. Jen A. Hi, Jen and Pete. And who else? Meredith G. Mary G. We're going to stop there, and then we'll see where we're at at that point. Okay, good morning. Good morning, Pete. Will you start us off? I will indeed. Good morning, Penny. Uh, my name is, thanks for taking the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And when I read this paragraph and listen to the shares, you know, it speaks to me about the, it speaks to me about the physical nature of the disease and the deadly power that these substances have on us. I you know, and, 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 you know, I could really relate. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop. And you know, for so long, I've underestimated the power of these substances. And I, I underestimate, I did, I had no idea. Like most of the time, you know, I would get, I would, I would be using the substances on Friday and get up on Saturday and say to myself, man, I'm never gonna use those things again. I, please God help me. I don't wanna use these things again. I sworn off using them, but the phenomena craving was so strong and in my body that I had no choice but to use those substances, right? Like, and we talk a lot in these meetings about the power of God and the power of the, like our higher power, but, you know, the power of these substances. Like, I've had these substances in my system and prayed for God to remove the obsession and still had to eat and still had to drink, right? These are, these, this, this condition is stronger than, than I, 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 I'm not going to say it's stronger than the higher power, but it has massive power. And I can swear off all I want, right? It wasn't until, it wasn't until I, you know, the prayer that, that, the prayer that I said that helped me was, I can't do anything about this, God. If you're there, please remove the merciless obsession. 
And that is when the sunlight of the spirit entered into my life, right? Like the, the plan of action, all of those things, that, that is the plan of action that we talk so freely about and so much about on this program. That's the vehicle, right? That's, that's the, the thing that transports us from where we are to the solution, right? And the solution is the, is the destination is the relationship with the power that's going to sustain us. Right? We focus on the program of action and we study the program of action like that's the destination. It's not the destination. It's like, it's, it's like being on a vacation in Hawaii, enjoying the beautiful beaches and sun and sand and all these things and focusing on the plane ride there. Right? It's an important aspect. It's important to understand and to practice this program of action. But the destination is the relationship with the creator that's going to sustain me so that I can remain recovered. I would use the program of action to connect with that power and stay connected with that power. I'm grateful today. Like I have, I have connected with the God of my understanding that has resolved my problem. And I want to constantly maintain that relationship with that power because I know that these substances is so powerful. I can have them, I can ingest them by accident and then pray to this God and say, God, please remove it. And you know what? These substances will make me keep using them. This is the worst condition on the face of this earth. I believe it in, in my heart of hearts. And, no, and no, no code of morals and no better philosophy of life, right, is going to help it. The thing that is going to improve it is by, by uh, tapping into, thank you, Penny, by tapping into this power and developing and nurturing that relationship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. And next we have Jen A. Good morning, Jen. Hey, Penny. Good morning. This is Jen A. in Colorado, recovered today. Thanks for letting me share today. Um, wow. So I was really strong for the church as a girl that served in ministry. I studied every book of the Bible, um, you know, and it didn't fix my compulsive overeating problem. It didn't, there was no solution in that, right? Um, there was lots of other things that I got from it, but that wasn't it. And let me tell you, I prayed and I gave God my laundry list. I used God as my bitch all the time. And I still found myself hanging over toilets, throwing up in gyms. Um, and eating, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't prayed before I ate. How many of us do? Well, let's say a prayer and bless this food. Well, there you go. Bring God into it and pray again. Please, God, don't help me take another bite. And then I'd be stuffing my face again, right? Um, and, and that's how I found myself. But what I really love about this is that these two guys, they spoke of their spiritual experience and their course of action. And here's the best part for me. How could they tell them about it? Because they carried it out themselves right? I can't give away what I don't have. So when I found that person in whom the problem had been solved, thank you, God, that person could share with me, hey, these are the steps I took, and this is what happened as a result, right? I went through those steps. Um, they told me about, you know, how they got right with God, steps one, two, and three, right? How they got right with themselves, four, five, six, and seven, um, how they got right with others, 8 and 9, and how they continued to stay right with God, themselves, and others in 10, 11, and 12. And I thought, oh, this spiritual thing, right? And then when I got to step 10, there was this line in the big book on page 84, and it says, you have entered the world of the spirit. Wow, how cool is that? That's the spiritual realm, right? Like I, I was not just, I hadn't just like walked in, tiptoed in. I had been rocketed into this fourth dimension of existence, this spiritual dimension, you know, that's like 
that's unbelievably miraculous that had taken away the obsession for me to eat, for me to compulsively exercise, for me to stop standing in front of mirrors and in front of cameras, analyzing every inch of my body to see have I gained weight here, have I lost weight there. It helped me to stop making, you know, um, pie charts and graph charts of my weight up and down and belittling and berating myself because of it. That's what, that's what happened as I took that course of action, right? I don't remember when, and I surely, I, I don't really know how, because that's, that's the miraculous part of it, but I will tell you that it was God, and that's the spiritual experience. No earthly explanation for this miracle that's occurred in my life. And all I have to do is, what, put my toes at the end of the cliff and say, okay, God, I can't do it, you know, perhaps you can, and I trust you, and I'm jumping. God, I hope you're at the bottom. I hope, I hope you're there when I need you, right, because that's what I needed. I needed God more than anything. I needed the spiritual experience. Um, and then I was no longer um, boiled as an owl again, right? I'm no longer sitting there throwing up, exercising, eating profusely again. And I'm just so grateful today, so grateful. Thank you for two men in whom the problem were solved. Spend time with another. That's what we do each and every day, serving God and God's kids. Thanks for letting me share, Penny. Have a great day, and I pass. Thank you, Jen A. And now, Mary G., and you're going to be our last share for the day, if you would. It's your turn. Hi, my name is Meredith G. I'm a sugar addict and food addict, and I'd like to clean my seat today. Do you want to share, Mary? Hi, my name is Meredith G. I'm a sugar addict and food addict. I want to claim my seat, and I'll pass. Oh, okay. Then we have uh, two minutes. Who would like a two-minute share? Thank you, Mary G. Toby K. Toby, I, the one I heard was Toby K. so God must have wanted me to call on you. Go ahead, Toby, two minutes if you can. Thank you. Hi, I'm Toby K. Uh, from New York, um, compulsive overeater. Um, it's so funny, I I didn't realize it till now that I had um, a food dream last night, but I didn't pick up. I ordered it, but I didn't eat it. It was really strange. I, I guess I was having some conflict. But, um, you know, as I read about the church, I know that for me, on Jewish holidays, that's my hardest time. Um, I'm praying to God to help me with my abstinence, but then I'm faced with all this food, um, especially if um, I'm, I'm with company, and especially if I make something extra because it's a holiday, you don't know how much, blah, blah, blah. So um, I really appreciate this reading because um, the spiritual uh, aspect is not enough for me. I really need the action, and uh, thank you so much. Bye. Okay, that was Toby Kay, and she she kept right to the time. Thank you so much, everybody who helped to um, put this meeting together this morning. Um, please join us. Uh, for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today is 14,671. That's 14671.
We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that by the serenity prayer. I'm going to ask um, Katie T. to read that selection for us, and uh, then we will um, we'll, we'll stop the recording and say the serenity prayer. So, Katie T. Hello, this is Katie T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Greenville, South Carolina. And I feel so honored to read this uh, beautiful section. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.